Let us pray. I know his name. I know his name. His name is wonderful. I know his name. I know. I know his name. I know his name. His name is wonderful. I know his name. I know. I know his name. I know his name. His name is wonderful. I know his name. Father Almighty God, we bless your holy name. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, we worship you. We give you all glory, we give you all honor for everything you've done for us in the past. And we're thanking you for thus far you have helped us. Almighty God, please accept our worship in Jesus' name. Father, we are praying that again today, as your word will be going forth, the power that is in your word will reach out to your children all over the world and bring healings and deliverance to each and every one of them. 
We pray, Lord God Almighty, that as a result of today's service, there will be tremendous testimonies coming forth to the glory of your holy name. In Jesus' marvelous name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Today, we want to continue with our studies on the wonders of God. And we will be beginning what we could call a series within a series. As we begin to talk about the wonders of divine contact. When we talk about the, the, the wonders of divine contact, there's no way we could finish that discussion in one sermon. So we're going to break it into pieces. So it will be like uh, a series within a series. The main series, of course, is the wonders of God. And the mini series will be the wonders of divine contact. Our text will be Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41, we're reading from verse 10 to 13. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them, and shalt not find them. Even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing, and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Without any doubt, we all know that our God is the Almighty, according to Psalm 91 verse 1. Psalm 91 verse 1. It says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That is unlimited in strength, unlimited in might. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27. Jeremiah 32, verse 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord God Almighty. Is anything too hard for me to do? It's not just almighty, it's also all-sufficient, unlimited in wealth. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, Genesis 17, verse 1, and Psalm 24, verse 1, Psalm 24, verse 1, he says, the earth is mine and the fullness thereof. 
It's also unlimited by age. In other words, he doesn't grow old. In fact, his name, according to Daniel chapter 7, verse 9, Daniel chapter 7, verse 9, is the ancient of days. In other words, he's been around since the ancient days. And yet, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 15, Exodus 3, verse 15, he says, I am that I am. Unlimited by age. On the other hand, I mean, we can go on and talk about how God is unlimited in, in, in wisdom, unlimited in knowledge, etc., etc. But on the other hand, man is weak. As a matter of fact, the Bible made it clear that man is ordinary dust. In Genesis chapter 3, the God said to man, he said, you are ordinary dust to dust, you will return. And as a matter of fact, if you read Isaiah chapter 41 verse 14, Isaiah 41 verse 14, God compared man to an ordinary worm. Ordinary worm. But whenever there is an encounter between God who is almighty, all-sufficient, all-knowing, and man who is an ordinary worm, a wonder occurs. Any encounter between God and man, a single encounter, can produce wonders. For example, Matthew chapter 8 from verse 1 to 3. Matthew 8 from verse 1 to 3 tells us the story of a man who was a leper who came to Jesus Christ and said, I know you can make me clean if you are willing. And Jesus touched him. Just one touch. And the leper became absolutely clean. Completely clean. And a single encounter between God and man can produce wonders. So you can imagine what will happen when there is a double encounter between God and man. And you'll find a good example in John chapter 5 from verse 2 to 14. John 5, 2 to 14. A double encounter between God and man can produce not just healing for somebody who has been sick for 38 years, but an information was passed on to him that will make sure he won't be sick again. He had been sick for 38 years, he had an encounter with God, and immediately he became Paul. Then he went from there to the temple, began to praise God, and Jesus appeared to him a second time and told him, Go, sin no more, so you won't have to be ever sick again. Second encounter. Make sure that this man never returned to the pool of Bethesda. 
He was lifted out of the class of the sick, never to return. A triple encounter can lead to an amazement. If a man has three encounters with God, the final result will be an amazement. Shall we take just an example? Like uh, uh, Samson. The first time he had an encounter with God in Judges chapter 14 from verse 5 to 6. Judges 14, 5 to 6. And a lion roared at him. The Spirit of God came mightily upon him and he tore a lion into two as if it were a very small goat. And the next time you read in John 15 from verse 14 to 15, John 15 verse 14 to 15, he was bound, tightly bound, and brought before the enemies. The enemies began to rejoice. He had another encounter with God. And within minutes, a thousand of the enemies lay dead, and the others fled. Then when you now get to Judges chapter 16, from verse 22 to 30, Judges 16 from verse 22 to 30, even after his hair was shaven and the enemies had captured him, plucked out his eyes, put him in chains, the Bible said his hair began to grow again. And one day when the enemies were rejoicing, all of them, the high and mighty among the enemies, gathered together. He cried to God and said, one more time, Lord, just one more encounter. And God answered. And the Bible said, at this third encounter, the people he killed were far, far more that he killed in his death than he killed in his lifetime. Can you then imagine what a permanent encounter will produce? It will be very difficult to describe. A permanent encounter with God we produce something very difficult to describe. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, for example, Isaiah, 40, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it tells us about what happens to those who wait on God, those who get hooked up to God. So no matter how they run, they won't get tired. No matter how they walk, they won't get faint. He said they will even be flying, mounting with wings as an eagle. So today, as we begin a series, this series within a series, we want to talk about the wonders of divine encounter. Today we'll be talking about what happens when you have a single encounter with God, just one. My prayer is that if you have never had a contact with God before, before the service is over today, you will have it. Basically, a single divine encounter is enough to activate your destiny. Just one encounter with God 
And your destiny can be activated. Oh, what do we mean by this? Well, every person is born for a purpose. Jeremiah chapter 1 from verse 4 to 5. Jeremiah 1, 4 to 5. Tells us that before you were born, God knew you. While you were still in your mother's womb, he has already set you apart. It's true for everyone. Everyone is born for a purpose. We call that purpose your destiny. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. Revelation 4 verse 11 says, God created you for his pleasure. You're not just here. There's something God wants you to do that will make God happy. Now, some people achieve this purpose. The purpose for which God created them. One way or the other, they will achieve it. With God behind the scene, orchestrating everything, God will keep on walking, intervening, uh, maneuvering, until that fellow finally achieves his destiny. For example, Joseph. In Genesis chapter 50 from verse 15 to 20, Genesis 50 from verse 15 to 20, a day came when all the brothers of Joseph came, fell before him and said, Sir, we're your servants. Just do with us as you like. Uh, Joseph said, no, 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 no. <laughs> please, please get up. You have helped me to achieve my purpose. Oh, you meant it for evil, but God turned it around for good. But for you, I won't even be here. The purpose of God for sending me to this world is to preserve lives of many people. On the way to Joseph achieving that purpose, ah, several people played their parts. The brothers played their part, as you know very well. Uh, you can read the story in Genesis 37, from verse 18 to 28. Genesis 37, from verse 18 to 28. It was because they wanted to kill his dream that they finally decided we better sell him to Egypt. When they were selling him to Egypt, they were rejoicing. They thought they made a lot of profit in getting rid of this dreamer. But God must be sitting down in heaven, smiling. <laughs> You're just pushing this boy to his destiny. Then, in Genesis 39, from verse 7 to 20, Genesis 39, 7 to 20, the wife of Potiphar played her own part. Through her, Joseph got to prison. And it is in prison that Joseph met the man who was going to connect him to the throne. And you know the rest of the story. In Genesis chapter 40, if you read from verse 1 to the end, Genesis 40 from verse 1 to the end, the Joseph met two people coming from the king's house. And the two of them had dreams. He interpreted the dreams to them. One interpretation is that one is going to lose his head. 
The other interpretation is that one will go back to his former assignment. And finally, in Genesis chapter 41, from verse 1 to 44, Genesis 41 from verse 1 to 44, through the dreams of Pharaoh, finally, Joseph got to the throne. Now, there are some of you who have been wondering what's going on. Certain things have been happening in your lives. You have been meeting some people in some strange ways. Some of them were friendly. Some of them were not so friendly. But they are all working together so that God may bring you to your purpose. As a matter of fact, I have a feeling deep within me that somebody, God, has been moving you from one place to another, one contact to another, till today. So that today, by the time you hear this sermon, suddenly that contact with God will come that we ignite that destiny that has been lying dormant in you. And suddenly, you begin to fulfill the purpose of God for your life. It's my prayer that before tomorrow morning, you yourself will know God had paid me a visit. You see, because some people never fulfill their purpose. For one reason or the other, they won't. A very good example is found in Second Kings chapter 5 from verse 20 to 27. 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 20 to 27 tells us the story of a young man called Gehazi. That young man would have ended up probably the most powerful prophet of the Old Testament. It was a servant to a man of God who had a double portion of the anointing of Elijah. This boy was set to become someone who could have a double portion of the spirit of Elisha. You can imagine how mighty that boy would have become. But instead, he ended up a leper. Oh, I pray for every one of you listening to me. The purpose of God for your life will be fulfilled. Now, let me just take maybe one or two examples to just illustrate how a single contact with God can activate your destiny. And then I release you to go and cry to God for that divine encounter. Let's take Moses. Long before Moses was born, there was a prophecy. Genesis 15, from verse 13 to 16. Genesis 15, from verse 13 to 16. God spoke to Abraham long, long, long before Moses was born. God said, Abraham, your children will go into a foreign land, and in that foreign land, they are going to serve the people for years. And those people would torment them. And then after 400 years, I'll bring them out. That was before Moses was born. 
when a time came then, or when the time drew near for that prophecy to be fulfilled, Moses was born. And the devil knew that a deliverer is coming that will take the children of Israel out of bondage. So he prepared death to wait for Moses. You know the story. Suddenly the king of Pharaoh, or the king Pharaoh rather, discovered that ah, the way these people are multiplying, we better deal with them. And then he told the midwives, anytime the Hebrews are about to deliver, if it's a girl, don't bother about that. That girl cannot lead anybody out of my, my uh, dominion. But if it's a boy, make sure you kill that child even before that, the mother will know that he had given birth. The Hebrew, uh, the Egyptian midwives feared God and they refused to obey the king. When the king asked them, they said, ah, before we can even attend to these Hebrew ladies, they're very fast. The baby will have come. So he said, all right, if you can't kill them while they are giving birth, every boy that is born, kill. After they've been born. And then Moses was born, a child of destiny, and one way or the other. You know the story, I won't waste your time. God preserved him. Do you know the reason you are listening to me today is because God preserved you? Do you know how many times you have slept and the enemy had made up his mind that you won't wake up? Do you know that every morning when you wake up and you say, glory be to God, there are some demons that were very, very unhappy. But then you know, later on, something happened. In Exodus chapter 2, from verse 11 to 21, Exodus 2, from verse 11 to 21, read it today and read it with understanding. The Bible said, Moses went out to see his brethren. And he saw an Egyptian uh, beating up an Israeli. The Bible said he looked right and left, saw that nobody was watching, and killed the Egyptian. Ah, that should tell you. Uh -uh. You could at least have separated them. Or if anything at all, if you want to defend your... Uh, Relation, eh, maybe you could have dealt a blow or two to the Egyptian. No, no, no. There's something within him that rose up. And instead of just defending the other fellow, he committed murder. And then, of course, he had to run. He ran, and for 40 years, he was a fugitive. Only God knows how many years you have been a fugitive. Only God knows how many years some of us have been home last, running from forces who were determined to destroy us. But then, Exodus chapter 3 came, and you can read it from verse 115. 
Exodus 3, 1 to 15. After 40 years, the time God had in mind came and Moses had an encounter with God. Just one encounter. It was a bush burning and the bush was not consumed. And from that day onward, the life of Moses was never the same again. I'm believing God for someone. From today onward, your life will never be the same again. And let me take maybe another example. Take Joshua. You'll find this case all very interesting. The children of Israel were coming out of Egypt. They were on their way to the promised land. And then we came to Exodus chapter 17 from verse 8 to 14. Exodus 17 from verse 8 to 14. And there was the need to fight the Amalekites. He said, the Bible said the Amalekites came and attacked them. Now you need to understand, the children of Israel have been brick makers all these years. They did not know how to fight. They've never fought a war before. The king won't even allow them to learn anything like warfare so that they won't overthrow him. But suddenly Moses went to the mountain top. But before going, he selected Joshua to go and lead the army of uh, <laughs> these people who, who are, are we going to call them recruits? What motivated the choice of Joshua? I don't know. But then you see, as we continue with the story of Joshua, in Exodus chapter 32, verse 15 to 28, Exodus 32, from verse 15 to 28, the Bible tells us that whereas God had told Moses, Anytime you are coming to meet me on the mountain, come alone. You can read that one in Exodus 24 verse 2. Exodus 24 verse 2. But when Moses was going to the mountain top, he took Joshua along. What's going on, Moses? And then, because Joshua was a child of destiny, a day came when he had an encounter, his own personal encounter with God. How? Numbers chapter 27, Numbers 27 from verse 18 to 23. Almighty God said to Moses, lay your hands on Joshua. When the hands of Joshua landed on the head, uh, the, when the hands of Moses landed on the head of Joshua that day, <laughs> it was not an ordinary hand that landed on his head. Because by the time you get to Deuteronomy 34 verse 9, Deuteronomy 34 verse 9, the Bible tells us that Joshua was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. God works in mysterious ways 
is wonders to perform. Things happen in a way that you yourself will not understand until the final moment when that contact comes. Before I give you the last example, let me just use myself, tell you a little bit about how this thing could really happen. Some of you probably heard me say before, but not, not likely to be many of you. Several years ago, I was teaching in a grammar school, and because I love sports, I was the games master in the school. As a games master, we went to play another secondary school in a town far away. And there, I met the games master of the other team, and as is usual with us in those days, we began to boast. Oh, we will beat your people so badly. You will need a basket to carry home the goals. Ah, we will so finish you here. You won't even know your way home, etc., etc. We played the games. I can't even remember who won or who lost. It wasn't material to God. And we came back home, and I forgot about it. Months later, I landed at the University of Lagos to do my master's degree. Lo and behold, just two rooms from me was the games master. Ah, you are here? Oh, yes. Ah, what are you doing here? Where this and that? And, of course, we now became close. And then one thing led to another, led to another, through my association with him. That finally led to my giving my life to Jesus Christ. Because, maybe I need to tell you this. While he was here, he was in the University of Lagos to do PhD in geography. And then, you find this interesting. One day, he wanted to collect sand at a butter metal because he was doing PhD on the coastline of Lagos. So I followed him to a butemeter to go and collect sand from a butemeter shop. And then I saw the signboard. Big signboard of a very small church built with wood. The redeemed Christian church of God. I looked at the church. I looked at the signboard. I said to my friend, look at how a big name can kill a small dog. And we laughed. Four years later, when somebody talked to me about a church, a small church, where miracles are happening, because I needed a miracle urgently, I said, what's the name of the church? And he told me, I said, I know that name. I know that church. I got to the church, gave my life to Jesus Christ, and I'm speaking to you today as the general verse of that same big name church. The one that I said the big name can kill a small dog. I met somebody as a games master far, far in the West. We met again in Lagos. 
I followed him to a Butemeta, not knowing that one way or the other, I was walking into my destiny. You don't know how many people God had orchestrated to bring you thus far. But I have a feeling this day is going to mark a turning point in your life. Let me give my last example and then allow you to pray. And that will be Elisha. Do you know that Elijah had a servant before? In 1 Kings chapter 18 from verse 41 to 45. 1 Kings chapter 18 from verse 41 to 45. The Bible tells us when Elijah told Ahab, go and eat. I have had the sound of abundance of rain. It was his servant that he was sending. Go and check. Can you see a cloud? When he was praying with his head between his thighs. He had the sound of abundance of rain, but he didn't even have enough faith to look to the sky himself. Because there had been no rain for more than three years. But then by the time we got to 1 Kings chapter 19 from verse 1 to 3. 1 Kings chapter 19 from verse 1 to 3. He dropped that servant. Do you know how many people have been dropped? Because of your destiny? Do you know people that God had moved out of the way so that you can be on your way to your own destiny? Because it is in 1 Kings chapter 19 from verse 15 to 16, 1 Kings 19 from verse 15 to 16, that God now said, I have chosen for you a new servant. And then in 1 Kings 19, from verse 19 to 21, 1 Kings 19, from verse 19 to 21, Elijah had his first encounter with God. Listen to me, my beloved. No matter how far you try to run away from your destiny, the Almighty God can find you out. Moses was very far from Egypt. God located him at the backside of the desert. And no matter how fast you are running, because there are some of you, even as I'm speaking, something deep within you have been telling you, you are a child of destiny. This is what I want you to do for me. This is why I sent you to the world. But something within you is saying, leave me alone. Uh, I'm doing well enough. Uh, After all, I go to church on Sundays. What else do you want? No matter how fast you are trying to run away from your destiny, it has a way of knocking you down from your horse to make sure that its purpose is fulfilled. You don't believe me? Ask Saul of Tarsus. Acts chapter 9 from verse 1 to 22. Acts 9 from verse 1 to 22. I believe very firmly that today is your day. I believe that before the sun rises tomorrow, my God will have visited you. 
But there are some of you that you will even visit her straight away. Because they have been crying to you. Surrender your life to me. And you have been saying, no, leave me alone. I'm enjoying my fellowship with sinners. Uh, uh, but since I started speaking, something has been beating in your heart. Telling you, you can't run anymore. Surrender to Jesus now. If you are one of such, just bow your head where you are. And let's pray together. I will call on the Almighty God to have mercy on you, to save your soul, and be, give you that new beginning that will lead you to the fulfillment of your destiny. Shall we please pray? Just bow your head and talk to the Almighty God and say, Lord, I'm not running from you anymore. I run to you now. Save my soul, please. Forgive all my sins. Just let your perfect will be done in my life. Do with me whatever you want. And I will pray with you just in a moment, and he will grant your request. Thank you, Almighty God. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' marvelous name, we have prayed. Amen. My Father, my God, I want to thank you for your word. And I want to thank you for the people who have just heard this word and they, they know beyond all doubts that you have been calling upon them to surrender and they have been resisting. But they say, no more resistance, Lord. Please receive them. Save their souls. Let your blood wash away all their sins. And Lord God Almighty, just as your word says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. All things have become new. Let everything become new for them. Receive them into the family of God. Give them a brand new beginning, O oh Lord. And Lord God Almighty, I pray that in their lives, you begin to do something new. Thank you, Father. Now, my Father, my God, I'm committing all, all, of, all of us who are already your children into your hands. There are many of us we know that we are pregnant with destiny. Somehow we know deep within us that you made us for something far, far greater than we have been able to achieve. You have used all manners of people and situations to bring us to where we are now. I am crying to you, my Father and my God, this very day, give us that encounter with you that will activate our destiny. So that very, very soon, the world will know, ah, at long last, this fellow has found his or her purpose, and your name will be glorified as a result. Thank you, my Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, those of you who have just surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, please, get in contact with me as soon as possible so that I can continue to pray for you. And those of you who are already children of the living God, please cry to him and tell him, please visit me today, O Lord. Let me have that encounter with you so that my destiny can become activated. And he will answer your prayers in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
I believe this message has really blessed your life. And if you have just given your life or rededicated your life to Jesus Christ, please send an SMS or a WhatsApp message titled Saved to any of these phone numbers. Plus 234-706-497-9797 or plus 234-810-383-0237 or plus 234-803-722-1550 or plus 234-805-504-1394 Also, you can send an email to altercall at ourccg.org. Thank you and God bless you.